Hello and welcome, my beloved Heart to Heart family. Welcome to Heart to Heart's poems, songs, stories, and scripture readings with Alicia. Today, beloved, we're going to have a story. It's been a while, right? Of course, it's going to be a true story, a couple of stories. And today, it's about encounters with angels. Have you ever had an encounter with an angel? Well, actually, they are messengers called angels. The word angel comes from the Greek word angelos, but in the original language, called the Hebrew language, it was messenger. You know, they brought messages to Miriam, called Mary, the virgin who gave birth to our savior, to Daniel, Daniel, who survived the lion's den, to Zachariahu, which is Zachariah, the father of Yohakanan, uh, Yahukanan, the immerser, known as John the Baptist. We are all very familiar with these individuals and their encounters with what we call angels. You know, I believe all of you have had an encounter with an angel, but it's just that some of you didn't recognize it as being an encounter, but looked at it as being lucky. Yeah. Well, I can recall several of these supernatural encounters with the set-apart host of the kingdom of heaven, the mighty sons of Yah that we call angels. But today, I want to share with you something an old friend, one of my bunny sisters shared with me the other day. Her name is Pearl, a.k.a. Bunny Bambi. <laughs> Bambi and I hadn't spoken with each other in quite a while. And during that time, she became very ill and doctors said she would either die or if she lived, she would be a vegetable. Well, just for the record, Bambi, Bunny Bambi, Lady Pearl is very much alive today. Thanks to our loving father sending guardian angels, his messengers to assist and help us while we are on this journey on earth in this flesh, dirt body. I'll start with, you know, we'll start at the beginning. Pearl, known as Bunny Bambi, was at home one evening and told her husband he should call the ambulance because she was having problems breathing. And he thought if she laid down, if she laid back down, she'd be okay. But before she could lay down, she collapsed on the living room floor. Yes. She actually died. Yes, beloved, she actually died and saw the bright light. But also, her guardian angel held her and laid her head upon his lap, stroking her face and her hair. Then she saw another angel far off from her, and she wanted to go to him too. She reached out for him, but the angel she was lying on screamed, No! She said, he said it twice, No, no, very strong and loud to her. 
Then she suddenly came back to herself with paramedics reviving her and taking her in the ambulance to the hospital where she stayed over two months. And doctors had no hope of her recovery. One doctor told her husband to just let her go, take her off life support. But praise Yah, he didn't listen to them. And you know what happened? After over two months, one day, she woke up from the coma and asked, where was she and why was she there? They told her she was in the hospital. She was in the ward where they don't recover, where you die. The only way you leave there is you die there. The nurse told her she couldn't walk or eat food. And Bambi wanted the tubes taken out. Well, after the nurse left, Miss Pearl, or should I say Bunny Bambi, got up out of the bed. Yeah, stood up. She said she stood up first, checking herself and said, hey, I can walk. And she walked into the lobby, causing a big ruckus. The nurses and the doctors were frantic. They could not believe what they were seeing. The doctors told, told her husband they didn't know what to do with her because she started going into other patients' rooms, taking their blood pressure and other things, remembering her nurse skills, her nursing skills. <laughs> she also, one day, put on her coat over her hospital gown and sneaked out of the hospital, had her husband pick her, pick her up and take her to Burger King's to get some food because she was tired of the tubes and the hospital food. They say they, they said to her she could not eat regular food. It was dangerous for her. She said, oh, I can't? By that time, <laughs> the burger, fries, and milkshakes had been devoured. She ate it all. <laughs> they called her on the phone and demanded she return to the hospital. And she did. This was a woman they had ridden off to die. Her heavenly father said, wait, she is not finished yet. He's the one that says when someone dies. Doctors do their best. They can only do what they can humanly do. <laughs> but our father can do everything. See, he's supernatural. That means he's more than natural. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> that's one encounter she experienced. Then she told me about another encounter where she ran out of gas on the freeway in an unfamiliar territory. There are other personal details that I won't go into about this. Anyway, after realizing she'd ran out of gas, was so upset with herself for not filling her tank, she walked off the freeway down the ramp and maybe a mile or two and found a little club out in the boonies. She walked in a little unsettled, looking around, and the bartender said, do you need some help? She said, yes, my car ran out of gas on the freeway. Could someone take me to a gas station to get some gas? And she said, though she, she didn't see any cars in the parking lot or anywhere around where she was. 
The bartender asked twice, would anybody help her? And no one responded. They just kept quiet. So then Bambi said, well, can you call me a taxi? So the man used the phone to call the taxi and they said she would have to wait over an hour for a taxi to get where she was. Bambi was distraught and she and started saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Then she prayed, oh God, please help me. Please help me. About this time, a man walked in the club entering from the back door dressed all in white, including a white hat. He walked in and walked up to her and she said she wanted to ask him to help her but could not speak when she looked at him. Then she looked into his eyes and said, there was no cornea or people, or pupil. It was like two deep blue whirlpools moving around in his eyes. This really frightened her. But at the same time, she wasn't scared of this man. She said he did not say a word to her or anybody there. He just escorted her out to the parking lot and she felt comfortable enough to go with him. And they went into the parking lot where first there were no cars and he helped her get into a very large white vehicle in the parking lot. Then he took her to get gas, brought her back to her car, put the gas in her car, still never saying a word. Even when she thanked him, she said he smiled but said nothing. When he finished, Pearl got back in her car and looked in her rear view mirror before she took off, before she drove off, and guess what happened? The man and the vehicle just disappeared in thin air. Yes, disappeared. The car was gone. The man was gone. She couldn't believe it. She said she was so scared. She was too scared to go out of her house for two weeks. She got home and she wouldn't leave the house for two weeks. And then she thought people would think she was crazy or something if she tells them. Even when she was telling me, she said, Serena, I swear, I swear I'm not lying. I swear. She never did call me Zorina, which is my name. In all the years we've known each other, she's always referred to me as Serena. She and a few others still today. It didn't matter. It didn't bother me. You know, I just answered. It was better than being called... Zoranda, which Bunny Nikki used to call me. I thought she just couldn't say my name, but now that I think about it, <laughs> I bet she did that on purpose. <laughs> I bet she did. <laughs> now, I know some of you are saying, I don't believe those stories. I don't believe she was in the hospital. This woman was in the hospital saying she was going to die. Well, she did die at home. <laughs> But it wasn't her time. And it just goes to show. When it's not your time. If you still have something important for that y'all wants you to do, you're not going. Huh. You know, 
you may say, some of you say, I don't believe any of that. How, how, how could you ever believe her? Well, I've had my own encounters with my guardians, and there are at least three here in my house with me. Two are always here, one on each side of my bed, and another one comes and goes. He guards the altar I sit at when I'm recording these messages you're listening to. His name is Goodness. He represents the goodness of Yah. So yes, I do believe. Now, I can just tell you a couple of things that I remember. I know there were a lot more before, you know, that happened that I didn't put it to was my guardian angel. But this particular, well, I can tell you one here that happened here. Maybe I did, I don't know already. But I remember I took a taxi and I was going to a rehearsal here and it was far out. And, you know, I didn't, I walked out because here in Taiwan, Taipei, you can just walk out and there are plenty of taxis. You don't even have to call one. You can wave one down. They're, they're I mean, they're overloaded with taxis. So I went out and I flagged a taxi. I didn't look in this man's face and talk to him first because I didn't know he was chewing this betel nut. Betel nut is some kind of a plant drug that they use and it makes their mouth all red and I guess gets them high. Anyway, I, I noticed he was taking me the wrong way. And he, when I would tell him that what exit to take on the freeway, he, he, he missed it, he kept going another way. And I started getting a little, <laughs> first a little upset, then I started getting a little afraid. And then I could see when he turned around and the way he was talking, like this man was high and he was not, <laughs> he was, he did not have the right thing on his mind. So I, I mean, I, I called on, at that time I said, I called on the Lord. I said, Father, you got to help me. Then I told him, you stop this guy. You stop. You let me out. You stop. You know, I said, you stop right now. I started grabbing onto the door and he stopped. Now, beloved, I didn't pay any attention to where he was letting me out at. Where I got out at was in the boonies. There were no buildings. It was like, I mean, it was abandoned, broken down things, and it was grass, and it, it was deserted with, <laughs> with wild dogs. And it was right by, across the, there was an um, exit from the freeway. I guess, I don't know, if it's a ramp where they come off the freeway and you, you know, you're going real fast. There's no stopping because there were no lights, no anything. They just come off really fast. It's like, how am I? I mean, and it was getting dark. My battery was going down on my phone. What am I going to do? I mean, I, it was, <laughs> this was a scary place. This was a scary place. And I was like, I mean, I started to panic. What am I going to do? You know, <laughs> and I called on the father and then out of nowhere, I, don't, I didn't see him come off the freeway, but out of nowhere, this taxi pulls up, and this little old Chinese man, looked like about 80, 90 years old, rolled his window down, and in plain English said, I'm here! <laughs> out of nowhere! Oh, I was so relieved. I jumped in that taxi, and asked the same. He, he wasn't talking. It's just, other than in Chinese, nothing in English. Zainali, where are you going? So then I showed him the address and everything where I was going. And I was trying to 
have a conversation, but he didn't say anything else. He would just smile. This little old man. And I thought about, and when he said, I'm here, he didn't have an accent or anything. He came out of nowhere and took me where I was supposed to go. Now, you may say, oh, that was, oh, yes, that was. That was an angel. That definitely was an angel. There was another encounter when I first came to Taiwan. And I, I didn't speak any of the language. And this was after my contract was finished at Brown Sugar. And Heavenly Father told me to stay here. So I didn't really know anywhere, anybody. And I was working at this restaurant singing and restaurant and, and club. And it was a taxi that driver that picked me up. And he spoke some English every night. And he was teaching me how to tell taxi drivers how to take me to my, where, where I was living, to my apartment. And he did this for about, I mean, it was like every clockwork, five, five to seven days. And and he would, he would have me practice it as we are going. And then one night I got into the taxi and I was very upset, I was very sad because I got into an argument with one of the musicians <laughs> and I told him right there in front of everybody, I called him Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's gonna tell me, you can't, you can't talk about God, you can't bring God in here. What? Anyway, that's another story. And I was lonely. I was scared because I'd never been anywhere by myself. And the reason I stayed here is because Yah, at that time I was calling him the Lord, told me to stay here. And um, it wasn't easy. Anyway, he didn't, he felt so bad, he didn't like seeing me so sad because I was always happy when I got in his taxi. Then he looked at me, he said, no, it's okay. He said, I perceive you to be a good daughter. You're a good daughter. Now, this man didn't know me. And I can't re remember everything else, but he was consoling me, and, I, and he took me to my apartment. He let me know I was going to be okay. And after that, I never saw him again. I looked for him every night outside. Never, ever got him again. But I knew how to tell the taxi to take me to where I was going. Now you may say, oh, that could have been anything. No, 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 that was that was supernatural. I mean, there's there's been other things. When I was younger, I was driving a car. I was on the freeway. I didn't, I went to, I had a modeling job. And uh, my fiance the, at the time, boyfriend, whatever he was, <laughs> left his car there. And I didn't have a license. I didn't drive, but I, I thought, oh, well, I'll drive over. You know, young. And I drove over, even asked the policeman there for directions. He gave it to me. But on the way back, I was merging on the freeway. And I was coming on, and, you know, they're going fast. It's across the, across, across the Bay Bridge. And as I was coming on, I was going directly into another vehicle. Because if I stopped, I would cause a big accident behind me. And, I, I mean, it was, it was just inevitable that I was going to crash. And out of nowhere, it's like, whoop, I went, we went, I went through the car. I was in one, another lane and they were in a lane. I, I mean, it was, 
it was I was scared and it was like what just happened what 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 what, what just happened I know that was an angel that saved my life I would have died at 19 hmm yes I would have died at 19 then there was another situation where I was I fed this huge guy came into I was scared to my brother's um sandwich shop and it was raining outside and I opened six six o'clock in the morning by myself I mean big lumberjack looking guy and I remember scared I was pretending I was talking to somebody on the phone there was nobody on the phone so I fed him I gave him free sandwich and everything and 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 he just looked up at the ceiling and he just started to laugh um I don't you know he, he knew I was scared then he just got up and he left. He walked out of the door and it was pouring down raining. Now, when he walked out, I looked out, that man disappeared. He wasn't on the left or the right. And if I could see blocks and blocks away. And I don't know, did, I mean, was he a part of it? All I know is I was helped by an angel. I, you know, that man looked, I mean, it was a scary situation. He didn't, and he didn't say anything. That's right. He didn't say anything. He just sat down in there. And I, and I fed him. And there was another situation when um, the voice of Yah told me to go on 3rd and Market and be there at 3 o'clock and tell this man in a blue jacket. And then I heard a red jacket. I was like, which one? Which one? Blue or red? Tell him what he said and tell him what I've done for you and I, I think I'm sure I've told this story before and I was working running at my family's um, grocery and liquor store and they had me working over on it's about um, 50 minute ride on the trolley to get to downtown where I had to go and it was pouring down raining so it takes even longer and um, so by the time I got left there the store it was 10 minutes to three. I'm supposed to be there at three. I was saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I was apologizing. By the time I got on the bus, it was probably like five minutes till. Now on the bus, it's like I rode, it felt like it was an hour. Out every stop and it was slow and I was just so depressed, crying. So I'm so sorry, I missed it, I, tr I, I tried. But beloved, do you know when I got to Third and Market in the spot where I was supposed to be, all of a sudden, they had this big, huge clock here. Bang, bang, bang. It was three o'clock on the nose. I said, what, what happened? What, what? You know, did, 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 did you stop time? What, what happened? You know, so he translated me. I don't know what happened. It felt like I went the whole hour, but no, I got there in five minutes. And as I was looking, okay, I'm supposed to tell a man in a red jacket or, or a blue jacket, here comes this young young man, this young black guy, with a jacket half and half. One side was red, one side was blue. I was like, oh, man. So when he came in, he walked up, and I said, excuse me, can I talk to you? He said, well, yeah, sure. I said, look, God told me to be, to, to, to be here and to tell you what he's done for me. And I went on and, and told him 
how God had delivered me from drugs and all the different things he'd done to me, how, how he'd been good to me and how I heard his voice and t- talking to me. And he said, you know, thank you. I haven't been to church in a long time. Thank you for that. He must have been in his early, very, very early 20s. Then he walked across the street. I watched him. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And there was an island in the middle of the street. He was going to get on another big trolley car. And those trolley cars have great, big, big, huge glass windows. So he walked across. And I'm waiting. And in front of the bus, I'm waiting to see him get on the bus. Well, he wasn't on the bus. And the trolley, shall I say. and And the trolley took off. And when the trolley moved on, he was not there. Now, beloved, there on the corner where I was on 3rd and Market, I could see blocks and blocks in front of me, in back of me, to the side, north, south, east, and west. I can see you for blocks. That young man disappeared. He was not there. That was an angel. And I don't know, I guess that was a test of my, my faith, of my obedience. I don't know. But I never forgot that. That shook me. <laughs> that really shook me. And I, I mean, I, I was so happy. And it's, I mean, and I was translated at the same time. And then and there's another time. This is the last one. I'm going to tell the time when Sasha and I were standing at the beach. Because I had heard the Savior tell me to come. To come. He would be there. At that time, I was calling Jesus. said he'd be there. Because I told him I wanted to come see him again. And we had been there two hours, nothing happened. So as we were leaving the beach, I mean, this is like, well, this is like five, six o'clock in the evening. Tons of people there, sun, you know, before sunset. And I just couldn't give up as we were walking away. And I just kept looking back, kept looking back. Then I just stopped as we got to the top and leaned over the rail as we walked up the stairs, looking out at the water. It's like, you said, you said, be here. Then all of a sudden, I said, Sasha, what is that? And we saw this like big, huge, it was like smoke or fog um, circling on, on, on the middle of the water. And then she said, it's angels. And then as I, I looked and this huge angel appeared out of this smoke or fog or whatever. This angel was so big, he had to be at least 50 feet tall. I kid you not, because he was standing in the middle of the water at the beach. And we were up above, we were far away. And I could see him, I could see, this one had wings. I could see the top top of his wings. I could see the definition. And his clothes were so white. They were so white. And the sunlight was like white and then gold. I'd never seen anything so white. I could see everything about him. And and I, I'm just looking at him. And so I stepped behind my friend Sasha so she couldn't see me. I just stepped back and I waved at this huge being. And he waved back. And Sasha said, he's waving at us. She didn't know I waved. And just as suddenly as he appeared standing on standing on the water in that fog that he went that big puff of smoke or fog or whatever, whirlwind of fog came up and he just whoosh disappeared and was gone. I don't know if anybody else other than Sasha and I saw that. But we saw that. There are others, but I'm going to stop there. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, I didn't mean to go this long. But I just want you to know, angels, messengers that are called angels, are real. You don't have to wonder. 
You don't have to doubt. And there, you've been protected in some close calls. You just didn't know. All right, beloved. You know, before I end, I think I should play that little song that my friend Sue likes that I wrote called, Are There Angels Watching Over Me? It's a little short song. But before I do, let me say this. Until we meet again, beloved. If Yah says the same and I wake up to do so. Shalom. Peace be with you.